Welcome to Pants Not Trousers, a podcast for expats looking for belonging and connection in a foreign land. And we're your hosts, Sarij and Raheel. They are two expat women who've left their lives behind in the US and Canada to experience expat life in the UK. Raheel, how's it going with you? Arij, I am incredibly frustrated. Oh no. Why? Because I've never really had to deal with this problem in North America, wherever I have lived. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm sure it exists. Okay. But the amount of moths in the homes here in the springtime or the summertime is insane. Oh, yeah. Moths. Yeah, we were dealing with that. We were dealing with that like a couple weeks ago. And I don't know if it was because it was particularly warmer last week and maybe now it's cooler, but we're not. But I mean, you are, so... You're dealing with it, so it's clearly not weather-related. We've been dealing with it for like a month now, and I put out these like sticky moth traps, which I'm really sorry, probably not very humane way to catch them because they're just sticky and the moth oh, just sticks. And I'm really, really sorry, but it's um, the only way I've managed to find effective. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that – I mean, I didn't see a ton of moths last year or at least I didn't pay as much attention. But when I went to use a sweater over the, uh, sorry, a scarf Mm -hmm. that I had over the winter, Mm -hmm. there were moth holes in it and moth, and it was like a dark green scarf. And so I could see like the moth larva on it. So I ended up taking the scarf to the dry cleaners and we patched up the, the tiny little holes and they cleaned it and stuff. And they were like, Oh, um, you really need to be careful. And I was like, Oh, I have those little, you know, cedar balls and mm-hmm. la- lavender sachets mm-hmm. everywhere. And he was like, yeah, that's not enough. And so I, I guess because of that, I'm being even more vigilant now. And my bedroom, like every night, I kid you not, there's probably three or four moths along the wall. And I, uh. I had the sticky moth traps up here but even then, they don't, I don't know, it hasn't been working. I don't know. I found a moth in my sweater drawer. Oh, that is the last place Panic. you want to find a moth. Yeah. Exactly. I absolutely panicked. I put all my sweaters in garbage bags, and now they're in my deep freezer. There's no room for food um, because all <laughs> oh, no. my sweaters are in there. Apparently, um, the extreme cold will kill any moth larva on the sweaters or on on your articles of clothing. So you'll be okay. They won't touch and they won't eat your clothing, but good to know. Good to know. Take them out now. Yeah, of course. You want to make sure they're like good and dead. Yeah. Oh man. So there is this other, um, bug. It's so gross. It, they're called silverfish. I don't know if if you've ever seen silverfish, but it's very like, um, specific to, the UK and it's very normal apparently, but in our apartment that we had moved from recently in Chelsea, it was right beside the river. So wherever there's like bodies of water, they're, they're a lot more, um, they're a lot more common and they were everywhere. And it was every single day they would appear in our bathroom and they would like unusually die. So it was just like their, like just their carcass. For oh. lack of a better word, that would just be left behind. It was so disgusting. I like every day I would have to sweep up. Um, <sighs> I would have to sweep up these like silverfish, and some of them were still alive. It was really gross, and we had to get we had to get like a whole treatment, and they just wouldn't go away. Um, 
yeah, it would ebb and flow in terms of like how and prevalent they eat they were, clothes but. too, right? I don't know. So apparently if they're like in your rug, they could eat away at your rug, but that, I mean, that didn't happen. Maybe that's like over time. And, oh, okay. but yeah, I don't, I don't imagine they're good for your clothes. Let's put it that way. We had some silverfish in our house in California, in one of the homes. Oh, um, I had seen a few and our landlord had actually put um, cedar wood down in yes. the, all of the closets. Yeah. And so all the closets were made with cedar wood to prevent the silverfish from from destroying your clothes. But ah, I didn't have a moth okay. issue there. Um, but I right. did see a few silverfish. Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. I, we had um, cedar balls uh, that we had like put yeah. all over the – and every time the cleaning lady would come, she would – she would like throw them out. I'm like, no, 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 you, you, oh. please keep those. <laughs> please keep those in the, in the corner. They actually belong there. Um, but yeah, anyways, there you go. Trials and tribulations of, uh, of a unique bug problem. Yeah. Yeah. Bugs are great. Oh, man. <laughs> so last episode we talked about our uh, favorite thus far staycation places to go uh, outside of London, but we're going to talk about a few places to go within London. So like real local staycation. Um, and these, I mean, for me anyways, I have a few suggestions, but they're like really sort of everyday things. They're not, um, they're very accessible and they're things that I used to do um, fairly often, two of which, um, so maybe I'll start. So I can talk about Battersea Park and uh, Battersea Park is Southwest London and it is a massive park and it it basically goes from Chelsea Bridge Road to um, Prince Albert Bridge. And I mean, if you don't know what those are, those two bridges, those are, I mean, it's just like a huge uh, area. So Battersea Park has um, a little man-made pond in the middle and there's so you could do like um paddle boats you could rent bikes and these like i don't know what they're called but they're like pseudo bikes so they're you sit down they have pedals but you're sort of like it kind of looks like a car almost um but it's essentially a bike anyhow you can rent that and you can go around battersea so it has this like big paved trail going all the way around and it's really beautiful. Sometimes you go into the trails that they have and you feel Mm -hmm. like you're in a tropical forest. They have these like really like they're massive trees and the tropical trees and different kinds of, uh, different kinds of trees and vegetation and all of that. And it's just a really beautiful lush park. There's so much to do there. There's also this, um, you know, obviously lots of sports fields and there is this really big elaborate park and there's a park for smaller kids. And right next to it, there's like a larger park, very adventurous, um, high slides, uh, that like sort of like circle around and lots of climbing things, but like they're really, um, they're even for like much older kids as well. They also have this um, place called Go Apes and it's like tree trekking. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so fun. Mm-hmm. So you, you stra- you're strapped in and sort of like just tree trekking up there and Adam tried it out and loved it. It's scary, but it's, um, it's a really fun thing to do for kids. And there's mini golf and there's like a little pizza cafe and it's just, it's just like, it's such a big park and full of stuff to do. So we did that a lot and it was actually right across from where we used to live in Chelsea. Um, and it was a really nice place to take the kids, especially on the weekends. And we picked it there all the time and there's tennis courts and there's a lot of like different kinds, <clears throat> different lessons, football lessons, tennis. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's a very full, um, very full park. You never get bored there. <laughs> yeah. I think I came out to see you there once and I was really amazed at all the things that they had to offer. It really looked like a really fun place to explore. Yeah. 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 Um, another, another place in Chelsea that um, is really cool. I mean, so Chelsea is, it's great for shopping and it's great for food. There's so many restaurants and there's such an abundance of, of options there. Um, casual, more dressy. Um, but there's one particular road that I'll talk about. It's called Pavilion Road and it's this pedestrian only alleyway, if you will, uh, cobblestone and really charming little shops and restaurants and there's this one place that we go for a really special treat. They have like probably like top five places for, for ice cream. I would even say top three uh, called ice parlor. And the ice cream is amazing. The flavors are amazing and it's just so fresh and so good. Um, So we go there a lot. Uh, There's this other place called bread ahead, which is a bakery, but it's also Mm -hmm. a baking school. And Mm -hmm. They make the most amazing custard-filled donuts. Oh, they're like to die for. Um, and then there's just a couple of restaurants that I've gone to there, Granger and Hans Bar and Grill. I think they're worth mentioning because they're just the food is really good, the service is great, and they now because of COVID have um, a lot of like little tables set up uh, in the middle, so you can just grab whatever you want from these little cafes and then just take it outside and and uh, and just just sit and people watch and it's just such a cute little place. And we buy our meat from this butcher called Provenance, which is also on Pavilion Road and their meat is outstanding. So yeah, those are two like little Chelsea hotspots that I wanted to mention. What about you? Do you have any like local go-to places? Yeah. I was going to talk about off the beaten path, uh, London things to do as well, because I feel like everybody knows all the top tourist destinations, like checking out Tower Bridge and um, yeah. all the bigger museums. But one of my favorite museums has to be something called the Wallace Collections. Mm. It's in Marlebone. It's actually near Madame Tussauds. And it's so cute. It's like a smaller version of the V&A which mm. is my other favorite museum. Mm-hmm. And so because it's a smaller version of the V&A, it's got sort of the same sort of things, beautiful paintings, um, jewelry, uh, different art. Oh, there's this beautiful room of uh, medieval armor from around the world, mm. which is really cool. Um, it's just a really nice 
museum that you can see in a couple of hours and you can get a bit of everything I find. And there's an app that you can download while you're in the museum. And if you, I can't, uh, I will have to look up what the app is called, but if you download that app and point it to a painting that you're interested in, the app will um, give you all the information about that painting. Mm, cool. Yeah, 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 it is. It is really uh, a great, one of my favorite places to visit. I've only been there once, but I want to go back because COVID happened and yeah. um, everything, everything happened along with COVID. Yeah, of um, course. Isn't it like in an old Victorian looking home, like a large looking? Yeah, it was somebody's home. So the Wallace Collections okay. is actually somebody's private collection. Okay. Okay. And right. I've they opened it, it up for times. people to see. Okay. Nice. We'll have to check that out. I know it's one of those places that I always walk by, but I've never actually gone in. And of course, uh, with COVID, it was, it was not open. So. So when I went, um, the shoe designer, Manolo Blahnik had, Mm -hmm. so he, that's one of his favorite places to visit. And he's taken a lot of inspiration from the art in that collect, um, in that museum Ah. and he's used it to design shoes. So there was an exhibit when I went where um, different shoes were put in different rooms Mm. alongside the pieces of art that inspired him. Oh, that is so cool. Okay. It was a very cool exhibit. I was, I was very happy. (laughs) It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Beautiful shoes, beautiful art. Oh, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, Treat for the senses. Yeah. Also, if you're out doing, um, checking out the British Library, uh, sorry, not the British Library, the British Museum, mm-hmm. um, which is a fantastic museum, but it can get really crowded and it's mm. very, very large. And if you're taking your kids, sometimes they might complain because they're tired or what have you. Not too far a walk from there is a park called Coram's Fields. Okay. And it's a park, a uh, playground where you can't go. Adults are not allowed if they don't have any kids with them. Oh. So it is a little, it is fenced in. Um, you're not supposed to go in if you don't have children with you. But what I okay. love about it is that it's got a water feature and it can get really hot in London. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and if you want your kids to just play in a spray park, this is a great little place in the middle of the city. Very um, cool. N- yeah, near a bunch of different landmarks and you can just go and cool off and just play. And there's like a little cafe. There's a bunch of little restaurants and stuff near there as well. Right. Um, it's just a great location to just like unwind for a bit. There's a zip line. I mean, everything that you would expect with a, with a little playground along yeah. with a water feature. And I think there's goats, which sound really random. Oh, uh, it's pretty random. Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> In case you're interested in seeing goats. Nice. Exactly. So I definitely recommend Coram's Field. I also recommend a day trip. Well, it's not really a day trip. It's in North London. It's called Epping Forest. Okay. But you will need either a car or um, a tube. A tube will go out there and then you might need a bike or something. I'm not sure. We ended up going in a zip car. Epping Forest is really nice. It's just this beautiful green space. It's this massive forest um, in Enfield. And uh, my daughter's actually going camping there, not overnight. She's going day camping there tomorrow with her friends. Oh, nice. That's fun. Yeah, she's she's really excited and looking forward to that. Um, I think her friends are spending the night, but I'm not letting her spend the night. Um, Yeah. 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 <laughs> not comfortable with uh, that yet. Yeah, no, not yet. Yeah, not yet. I'm not there. Uh, another really cute little place that I discovered recently after the pandemic um, lockdown eased up 
a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, is the Museum of Fashion and Textile. Mm. So it's down in London Bridge area. I th- it was very different to what I expected. I thought it was going to be like a little museum with a little bit of everything. Yeah. It's not. It's one big space and they host a special collection, one special collection at a time. So the day that I went, they were doing uh, the chintz exhibit. Okay. And it was beautiful um, cotton fabrics, the history of chintz and block print uh, fabric and manufacturing and um, beautiful displays around that beautiful little gift shop and really close nice. to Borough Market. So if you wanted to check that out and then go get, you know, explore Borough Market, mm. which is a really great little market to explore. Bread Ahead Bakery actually is also like, I think their main bakery is in Borough Market. Okay. So you can yeah. also get some of the fantastic donuts there. Oh, donuts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my weakness. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I really love it. You probably make them, don't you? Um, they're not my favorite thing to make because I don't like to fry things. Um, right. I don't like cleaning up after frying. Oh, so they're yeah. Not, they're not my favorite, but I do, I will on occasion make them. Uh, I only started over lockdown actually. Just the fact that you can. I mean, it's probably a blessing that I don't know how to make them because that would, that would, be, a, <laughs> that would be a dangerous skill to have. I don't um, think you would make them as often as you think. Probably not. No, it's, it looks like it would be a lot of work and quite messy, but... Um, for now, I will just buy them from there and grab my coffee from uh, this. So a very local thing that we like to do, Walid and I sometimes will just kind of duck out for a few hours and go for a nice long walk. Um, we'll grab a coffee from this place called Aro. And it's the full name is actually Aro, the Temple of Coffee. And it is the Temple of Coffee. The coffee is, I mean, the best I've probably ever had. It's so good, rich. There's no aftertaste. It's just so yummy. Um, and it's always really hot, which I appreciate. I just, I can't have coffee when it's like lukewarm. I just don't mm-hmm. enjoy it. And every time I get a coffee from there, it is like piping hot, which is my oh, favorite thing. Um, yeah. And we grab it and then we just, we go to Putney Bridge and it's just by Putney Bridge tube station. And uh, you can sort of just go up some steps and then you're along the, you just walk along the Thames to, and we do that all the way to Barnes. And depending on what side you walk, you can walk on either side of the the Thames and on one side is Bishop's Park. And then on the other side, you're just sort of walking on the Putney side. And um, it's just really beautiful. You, you walk through basically forest. I mean, it's obviously along the river, but it's, um, it's like a wooded area and it takes you all the way to Barnes and Barnes is just this like little town, I guess. And it's very small, charming village like, and there's uh, really nice cafes and stuff there as well. So we do a lot of stopping at cafes <laughs> and uh, grabbing pastries and stuff, which is part of the experience. And um yeah, it's really pretty. I have to say it is really, really pretty. And it's such a nice walk. You don't feel the distance. It's probably about an hour and a half, almost two hours, but um, just even one way, depending on how far you go, of course. But but you just don't feel it because it's just really, uh, really pretty the whole way along. Yeah. So that's one of our favorite things to do. We do that every every so often. Well, I have to check that out. I haven't been out that way. So yeah, that's going on my list of things to do. Yeah. You'll have to come, you'll have to come visit. That's for sure. Yeah. And then you'll have to come back to see me. 
And we should go to the Highgate Cemetery together. I know we talked about this very briefly in the last episode. Um, Highgate Cemetery is really cool. And I know it sounds crazy that I'm recommending a cemetery to check out. It is a thing Um, here, though. It is. Going to cemeteries is a thing. Exactly. And this one is such a large cemetery. And there's so many famous people buried there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, um, so I do have some facts around um, the cemetery. So it opened in 1839, and it was the very first landscape cemetery of its kind. And people would just like to go for the atmosphere. And um, when it opened, they would have 30 to 40 burials a day. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, and so it's it's got a catacomb. and the graves are absolutely beautiful. It's very serene. It's a lovely walk. And we went on New Year's Day, mm-hmm. the coldest, one of the coldest days in winter, this past winter. The tours were closed because of COVID, but we totally plan on going again because I really do want the history and, and some of the backstories behind some of the people that are buried there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I have to say, like, the cemeteries here are maybe it's because it's such a like juxtaposition with uh, the rest of the city. Cause you, they're in the middle of the city, like Brompton mm-hmm. cemetery, for example. So you're coming off of this like bustling high street, busy traffic noise. And then you just walk into this cemetery and you walk through and it is so serene. It's so quiet. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really, nice escape from like the hustle and bustle that's just like, sort of outside of its gates. So maybe it's that, that just, it makes them like a destination and people like go there and they, I found it a little odd. I found um, a couple having like a picnic, <laughs> which is, I was like, okay, this is too far for me. I think like, it's just, I probably wouldn't <laughs> ever picnic here per se. But yeah. Walking through is really nice and peaceful. Yeah. And they were designed to be atmospheric. So I can see that. I can see why. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I imagine it at at night though, and I do get a bit creeped out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. Um, Nice. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely make a trip out there and we'll even get a tour guide if you want, if you want to go as far as doing that. Yeah. It'd be interesting to hear, to hear who's there. Um, So you know, Michael is there. Oh, really? And and Karl Marx. Well, you can't miss Karl Marx's grave. So the cemetery is kind of divided in two. um, You have the West Cemetery and the East Cemetery. Um, You do need tickets for both. Tickets uh, to visit a cemetery. That is so odd. Okay. I know. But the East Cemetery is where Karl Marx is buried, and you can't miss his grave because there's the biggest statue of Karl Marx's head. Right. Right. I, um, I think I've and actually also, seen it just by chance. My husband's favorite author is buried on the east side. Um, oh my God. Douglas Adams. I was like, oh, I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, my Douglas husband's Adams. So okay. Douglas Adams. Um, and you can't miss his grave either because people leave pens and oh. pencils at his grave. Very cool. Yeah. yeah Very he wrote cool. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ah, okay. Okay. Okay, nice. One of those names that are familiar, but I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. point to what it was exactly that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Very nice. Um, mm-hmm. So my my son 
I shouldn't even say the other day. I mean, he's been saying it for quite some time, but you know, he calls his friends mates. He's like, yeah, my mate. I'm like, oh, oh. you've like adopted that word. Like as fr- he doesn't, like he says friend, I suppose, but like, he's like, yeah, well, he's my mate. So I'm like, Aww. oh, that is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. Um, but I don't, really cute. one thing I have a question about that word and maybe someone can answer for me, but like, Women, I don't find that women say that about their friends. Is it a guy to guy thing? Like he's my mate, you're my mate. Like I just, I don't feel like it's a term that women use for their friends, but I feel like it's a term that men use for, or guys use for their friends, their guy friends. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I I wish I could help you, but <laughs> that's <laughs> I don't the sense know. I'm getting. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I, my kids haven't started using that word. They still say friend. Oh, they do. And okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm gonna. We're gonna have to ask somebody from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for the chat and for the great suggestions. And. Um, Thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in to Pants Not Trousers podcast. If you like what you've heard, please like or leave a comment. And don't forget to please subscribe. Uh, You can also email us at pantsnottrouserspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Not Trousers or on our Instagram page at Pants Not Trousers. Rahil, I will chat with you soon. Sounds good. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye.